Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding, His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life, it's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious, think well, advance good. This is Q. The way that the spiritually open person processes it more today has a lot more to do around respect and starting to build some commonality there. Before you get to the divinity thing, because what's harder for what we're finding in the research is harder for people who are spiritually open is understanding who Jesus really was or things about miracles or other things. They're not ready for those things yet. And so we honor that about them and we don't force them to consume those things right away because there's so much in the person of Jesus and the human example that he gave us that they're open to. So we focus on starting the conversation there. All right, I know it's a few months away, but think of the best Super Bowl commercials you've ever seen, or a movie or a show that just got to you. What was it about the message that really resonated with you? When you think about how we present the gospel of Jesus, are there things we can learn about how we form our message? This is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons on Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot Gabe. And Gabe, of all the things that could be communicated in the world, the gospel, the story of God's redemptive work through Jesus, while so misunderstood and often for various reasons rejected, is still our main message as Christians to share. How do we take this important truth of what we believe to be true as Christians, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came to this earth, that he died and rose again so that all might be saved, all might know this love and be able to experience all that he has, right? This is our message. But how do we communicate it today? And this has been a conversation we've been having for so many years. If you've been a part of the Q Ideas world since we began 2007, David Kinman and I wrote a book called Unchristian, and it was all around this concept of how do people outside the faith Think about those who are inside the faith and what can we learn from some of these perceptions and really the barriers that are getting in the way where the truth isn't going forward because there's so many walls that have been built up. Well, today we're talking with Jason Vanderground. He's the president of Haven. It's a creative hub and they work in this agency space. And some of you listening and been a part of this community, that's where you work too. You're constantly thinking about storytelling, messaging, copywriting, how do I break through this world of information and advertising and try to convey something important? That's the world that he lives in. And so we're going to get into that role and what it's like to think about marketing in a world where we have so much information. Yeah. Now, maybe you've already seen some of the work Jason and his team have put out, maybe during like the NCAA finals this spring. It was amazing storytelling, but I'm getting ahead of us. We'll get to your conversation, Gabe, with Jason in a few minutes. But first, I thought, as you said, when it comes to marketing or even just basic communication, we need to make sure our story gets through, touches a person's heart. Have you ever seen the Pixar movie Up and that sequence showing the relationship of Carl and his wife Ellie through their life together? Not a single word was said during that five-minute sequence, but it was amazing, powerful storytelling. Why? 
I want to go back a few years because one of the great talks regarding great storytelling we had here on Q Ideas came from Bobette Buster, who studies and teaches storytelling. In a talk called The Arc of Storytelling, she really helps us understand the power of a well-told story. Here's just a portion of that talk. Many of the films that we take into our hearts are about people who are about to become the living dead. So this is the hunt in Hollywood for the big idea. And what is a big idea that works? Well, you might say a big idea is something that has the content that you could exploit synergistically in all markets. You could make theme parks out of this, Broadway shows. Pixar makes about a billion dollars from its lunchboxes alone. What a wonderful business to be in. And if it was that easy, we'd all be doing it, right? But it's not just about the merchandising capabilities. And and clearly, that's what Hollywood, per se, is looking for, is those franchising possibilities. It's about those characters we take into our hearts, that we cherish, that we want to spend time with, as if they're members of our family. And these are the characters that move culture. And so I want to talk a little bit about what is the real issue of, of storytelling, I don't know if any of you have read the book Uses of Enchantment by Bruno Bettelheim. He survived the Holocaust, went on to become a leading child therapist affiliated with the University of Chicago. And what he discovered is that the children who had been in the death camps, who had been read the true Brothers Grimm fairy tales, these children had been taught that someday you may be thrown into an oven. Someday a wolf may come to the door. But guess what? There is an inexorable force in the universe there to support you. If you will keep going, you will discover the faith, the courage to move on. And children will be psychologically prepared. And so this film tells you to not take your value from that, but to love anyway, and to take heart and cherish each day. Now, John Lasseter and Ed Catmull said that when this animation team brought in this sequence, they finally understood what Pixar was about, and they were willing to go to the dark side of any idea in order to show the transformation of it to the opposite. And that's why we have such great films as Up and the rest of their other great films. Mm, That was so good, and that was just a portion of what Bobette had to say Oh, several years ago now from the Q stage. And you can see the entire talk about the arc of storytelling by going to the Q media platform at qideas.org. As a subscriber, it's there for you. If you're not a subscriber, again, just a reminder, you can ask for a 30-day trial subscription. Just do that at qideas.org. Now, there's uh, no question. Some of the storytelling and the underlying messages from those Pixar movies have really resonated with audiences. But can we learn from that as we think about presenting the gospel well in ways that resonate in the hearts of those who hear it? (laughs) That, Gabe, is where your conversation with Jason Vanderground helps to show that not only yes, we can, but we really need to. Jason, again, is part of the creative marketing organization Haven, which put together a powerful ad campaign under the name He Gets Us. And this was a whole campaign designed to kind of reintroduce Jesus to a society that maybe has forgotten about Jesus or has no interest in Jesus. And so they had to take on this monumental 
challenge of how do we actually talk about this and what would relate to people and do all the marketing research and strategy. And so today you're going to get to hear kind of behind the scenes. What was that like? What did they learn? What are a few of the important keys to connecting this message of Jesus to people to at least introduce them, to give them a chance to take a second look? Yeah, let's sit back for the next 10 minutes and hear Gabe's conversation with Jason Vanderground. Today, I'm excited to talk with you because you're in this creative space where you really understand ideas, messaging, marketing. What brought you into that space? Why did you get energized to be in this kind of work? Yeah, I got I got passionate really early on in my career about um, seeing issues and causes and ideas that advanced humanity be represented really well in the public sphere. So that that's really what my career has always been focused on. And um, so many times we would see you know, really large brands be successful in the public square. But a lot of times the issues and the causes, the things that were about making humanity better for everybody, those things didn't have much of a voice in the public square. So most of my career has been on, you know, how can we elevate those voices and um, just incorporate them in? So it's not just kind of consumerism that we're dealing with, but it's also uh, the common good. Yeah. Well, and I, I love how you've done that throughout your career. And and also the fact that these messages, like you said, sometimes they're really great people doing amazing things and they don't spend the time, energy, or have the expertise to know how to communicate it or bring more people along. And there's so much to that gift of of messaging and of communications and visual understanding and all of that, that um, in the past, I would say the church felt a little behind him, but I'm, I'm finding today there, there's a lot more happening there. There's a lot more people of faith who are bringing that kind of excellence to bear on these kinds of projects. What would you say as you think about the average consumer today? I mean, getting into just marketing and communications dynamics. I mean, we're hearing that the attention span of the average person has dropped to below that of like a goldfish. I mean, what, what, what is it that you're dealing with when you're thinking about, I've got a message, I've got to get it in front of people. I want them to hear it. So give us some of those insights about how people are thinking and how hard it is to communicate these days and make sure that message gets across. Yeah. I think one of the big things is we have, there's so many more choices. If you look at kind of any area of goods or services or causes, there's so many different choices to pick from but we also have less time. And so that's where the importance of story comes in because it's hard to keep track of just all the details and be able to compare and contrast and make choices, which essentially is is what we're trying to figure out here. Just why do people think what they think? Why do they do what they do? And so needing story to help connect people to the choices that they make is is something that's become, you know, very valuable for us as individuals. Yeah. And so what what are some of those rules you operate by that become the ways you think about marketing campaigns and ad campaigns? Uh, it has to be very short and succinct. You know, sometimes people say you have to find simple on the other side of complex. And it can't just be a list of information. It can't be, it's this, but it's also this, and it's this. And you can't just be putting information out. People are trying to figure out what's unique, what's different, what is ownable, what's special, and how can I come to trust that over time? So those are a lot of things that we're, uh, that we look to incorporate into our work. Yeah, that's great. Well, I know one of the things that we have been, it's been fun to see you play out in these last several months is this whole campaign that's really designed to help people 
come to be introduced to Jesus again. And this this had to have been the hardest marketing project or RFP you received <laughs> to try to think through. How in the world would we introduce Jesus to a culture that's pretty anti-Christian? And, you know, David Kinnaman and I wrote the book Unchristian in 2007, laying out a lot of these perceptions and attitudes that people have about Christians that were negative and were 15 years later. And the thing we knew then was people had a problem with Christians, but they generally liked Jesus. They generally didn't have a problem with Jesus. They just had a problem with with Christians. And so I'm curious, as you have navigated this idea and trying to play it out, tell us a little bit about that process and what you guys discovered and, and ultimately the kind of campaign you came up with to do something like that. Yeah. So we... We started with a problem statement, which I think is great because some sometimes people will say, you know, you you need to think about the question that you're asking a lot of times just as much as the answer you're trying to come up with. Sometimes you're actually trying to answer the wrong question. And uh, so we spent a lot of time on, on what was that question, that problem statement. And it it became very clear. It was how did the world's greatest love story become known as a hate group. And I think that captures a little bit of that tension that you're expressing there that, you know, Jesus said, people are going to know that you're following my example by the way that you love each other. And that means a lot of things, but primarily is how we treat, how we interact with our neighbors, with our friends, with our family members, that that was going to be the truest evidence of Jesus following. And for a lot of different reasons in our society, um, Christianity has become much more known for what it stands against than in exhibiting that type of radical love that Jesus gave us an example of 2000 years ago. Yeah. And so as you went on this journey, um, you had to come up with a slogan. What, what was that? Why did you choose that slogan? You go back to storytelling and you need something that is going to break through. And so, you know, people have heard a lot of times like Jesus loves you or God loves you or um, they've heard it so many times, it's hard to, to really break through and make that connection. And so what we we're really trying to focus on was the idea of common experience. And so that's where the idea of he gets us came out of. It's just looking at what are the things that we experience as Americans today, and especially people who are not committed to Christianity, but people who are kind of open and spiritually exploring. And there are many of those. It's actually the majority of Americans now that are either open spiritually, but have some questions, have some uncertainties, or are kind of just casual in their Christian faith, maybe maybe nominal Christians. It's, uh, it's, it's about 54% of the American population, adult population. And so we're trying to find shared connection between what they're experiencing now, the good, the bad, the ugly of life, and what Jesus went through 2,000 years ago, because there's a shared value system that people see in Jesus that even when they're not committed Jesus followers, they actually want for themselves. There's a lot of alignment there. Mm. What are some of those things? What are some of the attitudes that they find themselves when they hear the story of Jesus that they resonate with? Yeah. So in the research, we put up a number of historical religious figures. We didn't tell people that, you know, we're trying to figure out how they thought about Jesus. We looked at Muhammad and Abraham and Gandhi and even more modern representatives of different religious followings and said, what value system do you see each of these individuals representing? So we understood that. And then we asked them about their own value system. What was most important to them? And Jesus is the one who his profile most aligns with that 
really spiritually open, uncertain. So there was a greatest alignment there. And the number one thing people see in Jesus that they want for themselves is seeking peace and the ability to make peace with yourself and then to make peace with others around you. Because the number one felt pain that people are experiencing today is toxic relationships. And it used to be when we would think about interacting with people, there, there was a lot of substance abuse uh, that would be a very top pain point, And there still is. Or there would be a lot of broken relationship. And there still is. But this kind of new emerging thing that we've seen over the last few years in the American people is toxicity. That the joy that they used to get out of interacting with, with friends and with neighbors and many times family members around really common things like Thanksgiving dinner, maybe, as an example, isn't the same experience anymore. And it wears on people. There's a loss of joy and there's an increase in loneliness or feelings of isolation. And so they see the quality of peacemaking in Jesus and they they really want that for themselves as an antidote to the toxic relationship that they experience. Yeah, I love hearing a little bit about just where the research takes us to just better understand people's current dilemmas, what they're struggling with. I think anybody listening can appreciate that given our American culture today and and the nature of it, that people are feeling that polarization and not really knowing how to navigate it. Obviously, loneliness is a big part of what a lot of people are feeling as a result of that crisis of relationship. Uh, so as you guys navigate through that, Talk a little bit about how you're doing it. Where where are these messages showing up? How are you doing it? What are some of the vehicles by which you're using to help people be reintroduced to Jesus? Yeah. So we um, we launched a campaign uh, Cyber Monday last year. So I think it's it's right at the end of of November. It's the day after Thanksgiving or a couple of days after Thanksgiving, and we started seeing right away the impact that advertising on live sporting events was having. So we would have, we'd have an ad that would run during an NFL game and we'd see this huge spike in website traffic and all the activity that happens on the website. People are chatting or asking for prayer or subscribing to uh, different Bible reading plans. And so we quickly saw this intersection of live sports and new conversations around faith and spiritual openness. And so it's something that we've built on throughout the year. So we actually did a lot of stuff around March Madness, the NCAA basketball tournament. We've been sponsoring some major league baseball teams throughout the year and just had really interesting conversations in the ballpark as people see different headlines that come up. So a lot of TV, a lot of digital, but also a lot of sponsorship and presence marketing. We've we're really focused now on going from more of a, an ad campaign to much more of a movement. And so bringing it into the community, sponsoring these teams gives us a way of not just presenting ads to people, but starting to create conversations and offering them specific things that they can do as next steps. Yeah. And talk about the next steps. I mean, these are the kind of uh, opportunities obviously present themselves. People are caught with a message. It's They're curious. How do you move from curious in a few seconds of a message to moving them to a new place where they actually start to consider the claims of Jesus? Is that the goal or how do you see success in this campaign? So there's two main goals. And then I'll kind of talk a little bit about the the, the faith journey that we see people experiencing now. So the first goal is just increase the respect and the personal relevancy of Jesus. And that's great because there's no explicit conversion goal built into that. We're just, we just want to increase that and know that the Holy Spirit is going to work 
and that that will be powerful in people's lives. And so um, we start from kind of an open-ended, just pointing them towards Jesus and knowing that, um, you know, Scripture and the Holy Spirit are going to work from there. The other is um, to call up Christians to more fully reflect Jesus' example and how they treat others. So it's kind of a win-win that um, as we are presenting messages, we're making sure that we're appealing to both audiences there, both uh people who are spiritually open, but people who are Jesus following. And then, you know, the, the key thing with, with, um, with all of this is showing that example of, of Jesus. And we focus, um, we really focus first on the respect part, um, that he respects them, that they can respect him because there's a shared value system. And so we say, if you used to see a spiritual journey would be, say, if, if you have a sheet of paper and you have a line and you kind of split that in half and on the left side, somebody is lost and then you have a moment of salvation and on the right side, they're saved. Uh, there's still an element of truth to that. But the way that the spiritually open person processes it more today has a lot more to do around respect and starting to build some commonality there. Um, before you get to the divinity thing, because what's harder for what we're finding in the research is harder for people who are spiritually open is understanding who Jesus really was or things about miracles or other things. They're not ready for those things yet. And so we just we honor that about them and we don't force them to uh, to consume those things right away because there's so much in the person of Jesus and the human example that he gave us that they're open to. So we focus on starting the conversation there. Yeah, that's great. And as people hear this and they're curious about how they could be involved, what they could do to engage with this campaign, are there ways individuals can participate, churches? What What's the strategy going forward uh, as people decide, yeah, they want to be a part of maybe helping introduce others to Jesus maybe for the first time? Yeah. So a number of things people can do. One, you know, the main website is hegetsus.com. And that's that's mostly for people who are skeptical about faith to come in. And um, there's a lot of content that they consume there. But there's four main things that they can do. The number one thing we're finding people want to do is they're subscribing to the Bible reading plans to see Jesus, you know, in his own words and his own interactions, his teachings, the way that he treated other people. So we have, we currently have two seven-day reading plans that are uh, hosted uh, with version. We partner with version to create those. Um, the other is people can live chat and we're finding that they want to, they want to have someone to talk to. And I think what's happened over the last few years is because of those toxic relationships, people are much less connected now. They don't have somebody always that they can turn to in a moment of need, or even sometimes in just a moment of joy, they don't have that connection. So they're looking for something like live chat. They can also text for prayer. Uh, so that's been a really popular way. And then they can get connected to someone from a local Jesus community, a, a Jesus church in their neighborhood and have a conversation. So I think the number one thing that Jesus followers can do is just know about the campaign and be ready to have conversations. So as friends and neighbors are saying, I saw this ad or I saw this message or, you know, I was sitting at the ballpark and it said in the outfield, you know, uh, Jesus forgives errors too. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. was that an ad for Jesus that I just saw? And so to be ready to have that conversation. And we also have a, a, a website that's more for 
partners. They can either be individuals or churches or denominations. It's called hegetshispartners.com. So there's a lot more resources there that they can take advantage of. Everything from sermon series to small group uh, guides to complete church programs to help get ready. Because what we're trying to do is, is create the greatest moment that we've had for opening up people to conversations about Jesus. And, you know, we need the church to be ready to be on the other end of that conversation to help people through their faith journey. Yeah, well, that's great. And I think for anybody listening, get involved. I mean, if this is something where you're looking for new ways to uh, do evangelism or at least pre-evangelism, begin conversations, provoke curiosity, it sounds like a great way for people to engage with the tools that you've created. And I mean, there's been a huge investment in this campaign. This this has been something that uh, was no small thing to do. Could you give us a little bit of those dynamics just to give people the, the scope and how far reaching this has been? So as far as we can tell, it, it'll it be the largest campaign for Jesus uh, and Christianity that, that we've ever seen. So we started this year with a budget that was well north of $100 million investment in, in the advertising and the creative and the production. Next year, it will it will more than double that. And so, you know, it's it's becoming, I would say, one of the top 100 advertised brands uh, in the country. And so it will have significant presence. Um, so we're getting ready for a, a very large investment this fall. Uh, you'll see us on uh, a lot of NFL games, a lot of major college football games, uh, and it'll keep going from there into the NFL playoffs and, you know, will culminate, you know, in uh, in February with, with a pretty big uh, presence. So it's something that people are going to be talking about. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when you're sharing your faith, getting started, just having a conversation starter or knowing that the person on the other end is receptive and you have some content that you can talk about together, almost like the weather is for us. It's just an easy place to get a conversation started. That's what we're trying to create with this campaign uh, for the church. Again, this is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons and Gabe's conversation with Jason Vanderground from the creative marketing firm Haven, talking about the He Gets Us campaign. By the way, you can watch some of those videos, the He Gets Us ads, by going to hegetsus.com. Gabe, that talk with Jason was so amazing and offered so many insights we can apply. And you can hear just by listening how much is invested in this, how much energy is going into it. If you're someone who wants to partner with them. I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll consider all these avenues, all these different ways of how do we just help people take a second look? How do we give them a chance to be introduced or reintroduced to Jesus? And I hope this encourages you today that there's creatives out there, there's people out there with amazing talent who are constantly thinking about these bigger questions and these bigger challenges and wanting to advance it. And so as you go about your work today, be encouraged. It matters. And I hope you have a great week. Ideas with Gabe Lyons is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thanks again for listening.
Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.